We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. It is nice to be back a normal format for today's show we were slammed with wrestlemania and wrestling content all last week so it is nice to get back to kind of a normal format we got a lot of boxing and mma to cover today getting you guys ready for a good week in combat sports we'll be doing wrestling on sunday i know a lot of you guys would like for us to touch on the black wednesday part two in the wwe with a ton of releases happening we'll 
trust me, we'll touch on all of that on Sunday where people should go, who was let go. Why is the WWE doing this when they've signed a billion dollar deal this year? Makes no damn sense. But all of that is for a later show. Today, old man, we have to start with, I feel like we're just on a constant loop, like it's Groundhog's Day. But uh, another black man was shot and killed this week. And I, I say, man, I say that loosely. Like, I look at this. That was a kid. It was a kid with a kid. He was like me. He was 20. Ready, got a kid. Um, Dante Wright shot and killed. The officer says she was going for her taser, mistakenly grabbed the gun and shot him. I honestly, in all honesty, I have not dug into the details of this story because I'm tired. I'm, I don't need to know the details. Black man was killed. He had a warrant unarmed. That's all I needed to know. It's getting ridiculous. And unfortunately, this, amongst some other things happening, is a sign that the world is getting back to normalcy. And that the United States is getting back to normalcy, because this shit happens all the time when we're not in a pandemic. You think that when the cops are on trial for killing somebody, they maybe be a little self-aware and stop killing people. I mean, you would think, right? You would think in the midst of this, this uh, Derek Savant trial, not the George Floyd trial, so you guys need to stop. People that are saying that, you guys need to stop. I've never seen the victim on trial unless they're black and killed by police. It's the only time it's the Oscar Grant trial, it's the Trayvon Martin trial. No, it's not. That was the Johannes Meserly trial. That was the George Zimmerman trial. This is the Derek Savant trial. But in the midst of all this, you would think that they would be a little bit more self-aware to not kill more unarmed black people. And then you had the, the, the video, as we're recording this, the video just recently was released of the 13-year-old boy that was shot and killed. Boy, and I say boy, I want to be very clear. He's, he's a boy, shot and killed. The cops originally said he had a gun and we shot him because he had a gun. Oh, body cam footage shows he had both of his hands in the air and nothing was in his hands. The cops lied again. Mm. This motherfucker's a lying, dog. And it's, it's you know, at first when this the news came out, I didn't want to discuss it too much because it's it's a lot, man. It's it is Groundhog's Day. Yep. It's a it's another situation where it's like, well, what else do we got to say? Because y'all not listening to us. Like you you killed us during the pandemic. Like motherfuckers getting killed during a pandemic, and now you know things are supposedly changing. The world's opening back up, and it's like, all right, back to normal, back to killing black people. <clears throat> what I don't understand is uh. How can the cops consistently mistake weapons on other people? They always see a gun on somebody else. They can't figure out what their gun is. <laughs> you would think they would know where stuff is placed on their belt. These people get paid for this. Yeah, this they have to job. go through training. It's inexcusable to make a mistake like that. The fact that that was the cop out, no pun intended, that that was the excuse is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Because I'm not, listen, I, I will be the first one to say this. I've never shot a gun in my life. I've seen people get shot. I've been shot at. I do not like guns whatsoever. Props to everyone who does. Um, but I feel like you feel maybe a little differently when you've been shot and shit like that. Like I've seen a lot of things like that. Guns do not do it for me. But even I can tell the difference between a gun and a taser 
off of looks, off of feel, I imagine you can do the same. There has to be some type of heft to it, right? There has to be, to my knowledge, I play a lot of video games. I've seen a lot of movies. I'm not a professional, but I have stayed at a Holiday Inn once or twice. You have to do something to a gun that you do not have to do to a taser. Guns have safeties on them for a reason. I'm sure a cop doesn't want to shoot his or her leg off. You have to remove the gun, set up the gun, hit the safety, and then shoot. Some guns you have to cock back. Like, I think cops already have the bullet in the chamber. I think they have to be ready. But still, regardless, there's some type of process where you can determine that, hey, this isn't a taser. No sticky thing at the end. It's not going to shoot out and just taser. This seemed premeditated. Man, the system is broken. Um, he was pulled over for a warrant for air fresheners in his mirror. And the warrant was for a grand total of $346. And the warrant, the reason how they, he never found out he had a warrant because it was sent to the wrong address. The system is broken. Nobody needs to be arrested or pulled out of their car for a $346 warrant for air fresheners. Man wasn't committing a, a crime, right? It's like having, it's like me getting, this is the equivalent, right? You know, the uh, illegal tint on your car window. Yes. This is like the same thing. I said, like, oh man, I'm sorry, illegal tint. And then he shoots me because I have a warrant for illegal tint. This shit is ridiculous. The system is broken. Now back to the, this woman who shot this kid, 20 years old. He's not, he's not legal drinking age. Yeah, maybe if you can't tell the fucking difference between your gun and a taser, you shouldn't carry both. You shouldn't carry either. <laughs> yeah, like you shouldn't, carry, you shouldn't carry either of them. The other issue is maybe a gun and a taser shouldn't be the same shape. Maybe if you separate, if you give these two enough difference, maybe we can figure out which one is which. I'm not going to say it was, it was premeditated. I'm going to say that what I've always said, we have a, a police problem in America where these cops are not trained properly. These cops are put in the neighborhoods that they shouldn't be policing. Sir, she was like 25 years on the job. Doesn't matter. They're still not trained properly. The fact that she blew this, it's like you could say it was a mistake. Maybe it was a mistake. Let's, let's just say, listen, let's just say it was a mistake, right? Let's just say that it was a mistake. What about all the other mistakes you guys have fucking made? This is why people say defund the police, because this whole system needs to be torn down to be rebuilt again. Because even if it was a mistake, how many mistakes do you have to make to take people's lives before y'all do something about it? I don't believe it was a mistake. I don't think it was necessarily premeditated, but I don't believe it was a 100% mistake. You should know better. And it's one hell of a fucking mistake to make because all these cops make mistakes. I thought he had a real gun. I thought he had a gun in his hand. I thought you, you think wrong every time, but that's yeah. the problem with police. They're not trained properly. And again, if I want to go somewhere, if this Derek Siobhan case, I mean, look, the evidence is pretty fucking damning. If there's no way this man's getting acquitted, there's just no possible way. But is it going to, just like the measurely case with Oscar Grant, is it going to be something that we are okay with if it's second degree murder? 
if it's manslaughter, the time, sir, it depends on what it is, is what matters. But then you got to know the law because you got to know how the states handle these laws. Look, man, this is Minnesota. We just did Philandro Castile here. Yep. We just, this is George Floyd. And now this, they, they found out that this boy, George Floyd's sister was this boy's teacher. You're killing people in their own neighborhoods. We got a police problem. We got a, we have a huge police problem that needs to be fixed. I'm tired of Groundhog Day. Look, man, by the time that you guys listen to this podcast, you some of you may have seen this video of this 13-year-old boy getting shot and killed by the cops for running. Cops said, turn around. I turned it off. Like, I started watching it because it was on my feed, and I was like, I can't watch this. But I heard it. I heard him say, stop. He's yelling, motherfucker, da da And he stops, turns around. I went to turn it off. I heard it was a gunshot. Kid had nothing in his hand. We have a police problem. And then people say things like, oh, man, you know, maybe you shouldn't run. Like that fucking coon. What's his name? This oh, I very- forgot. Yeah, I forgot. He was on Twitter. I'll find his name right now. Oh, country ass. Just, just comply. Just comply. I've been pulled over by plenty of white people. And I ain't never been shot. No shit, you're sitting here. But just because you, like, what does it take for people to acknowledge racism? What does it take to acknowledge that the system is broken? Just because you didn't get shot doesn't mean other people aren't getting shot as we have seen not saying that these are like look for the for the most part police aren't out here just murdering black people willy-nilly but it's more than enough to be alarming to the point where something needs to be done about it more importantly there's no accountability as long as these cops get slaps on the wrist as long as they're able to i'm just gonna resign imagine me being in a gang right and i go to your mama house and oh, gang members not there, and I still shoot your mama. Whoops! I'm just gonna leave the gang, and everything's cool. You think the cops are gonna be like, "That's cool"? He left the gang. He's no longer part of the gang. We ain't gotta take him in, guys. That's bullshit. You shouldn't just be able to resign. You should be arrested. You should be held accountable. There's no accountability. So as long as there's no accountability, cops can afford to make these mistakes. The the uh, the cop that which one is it the one that shot Jacob Blake there's so many of us dying that I can't remember I believe it's the cop that shot Jacob Blake returned to the force this week yesterday. Yeah. yep you can kill somebody and return to the force so if I'm looking for a job where I can kill somebody take a break take a vacation come back to work and everything's cool I'm gonna be a cop hey, that's gotta change that's crazy um yeah the guy who was uh, publicly cooning. In the Keep America Great hat is Terrence K. Williams. And uh, if you guys, I will save you the time. Don't look his dumb ass up online. So that that was him. But yeah, this situation specifically, like like you had mentioned, man, it, it was a warrant for having something on his mirror, like air fresheners, air fresheners air on his mirror. Like it's it's wild because we've like everyone knows now who's probably listening. This is our sixth year of this show. On year two, January year two, um, we missed a week of the show because I was arrested for a warrant I didn't know I had. And the cop followed me on the freeway. Followed me damn near on my way home till I got to his jurisdiction so he could pull me over. And got arrested and I was in jail for, who knows, like five days. I've been arrested twice for warrants. That one was for a $189 ticket because I was calling my grandma on the phone after a fight I covered at the Mandalay Bay. And 
I had her on speakerphone, but the, I guess I was getting on the freeway and the phone was too high up. Now I, if I have my phone in my hand at all, it's on my lap damn near. Um, but I was on the phone. I was up by the steering wheel, got pulled over, got a ticket, forgot to pay it, forgot all about it. Um, I, I don't know if I moved to Kansas city and come back at that time. I don't know how it worked, but I forgot to pay it and then, um, got a warrant. And then all these years later, we have the podcast and get pulled over. I got taken to jail for five days because they only offered bail to like, you had to do a crime over like $5,000 to get bail at the Henderson jail. So if you did a petty crime, you had to sit and wait to see the judge. So that meant like real criminals can get out and bail out, but normal ass people could not. So I sat for five days in this jail. It was fucking nuts. Like I couldn't fathom it. And I got out, we did the podcast. Um, you know, the, the show is still up somewhere out there if you guys care to find it but it's alarming how many just normal average people are in jail and when I say that normal average hardworking minorities because when I'm in there a lot of the white people in there really did something a lot of the minorities did not and that's always something I try to tell people they're like yo um the stupid Kamala Harris um the bait when she was running and people like she's locked up so many black people and brown people it's like yes because we get disproportionately arrested we get profiled and followed and and put in these positions caught up in the system disproportionately compared to those who aren't minorities so we are in front of judges we're in front of you know prosecutors all this stuff at a disproportionate rate for doing a lot less and get more time often for doing a lot less. So this is just another case of there. It's a money grab system that is now costing lives. And that's really all it is, a money grab. You get put in the jail, they reset the warrant and all the fees, even if you pay down some of them, you gotta pay to get out of jail because no one wants to sit in jail if you're not a real criminal. So you pay all this money to get out of jail, then still have to pay the fine again on top of it. If you do not pay the fine, they do the whole system over again to get money. And now people are dying off of money grab. You said shit, has, it has to change. Stuff has to change in the system. It is broken. Um, before we switch over and talk combat sports, the other thing was um, another video that went around, Dre was, I don't want to butcher this man's name, but I think it's Karan Nazario. And... Army National Guard Lieutenant, dressed in his army gear, tased by an officer. Officer was talking, talking spicy to him. The man says, yo, I, I don't want to reach my seatbelt. I'm scared that you're going to do something to me. The officer says, you, you should be scared. Also in the video, this was a black officer. This is where I say there's a systematic problem in the structure of having police and officers that has to be addressed. Like you say, the training and methods, we have to go back to the drawing board with that because even black officers, I've had a few, will treat you less than because it's institutionalized. Oh yeah, most definitely. Look man, skin folk against the kin folk. <laughs> like <laughs> there's, there's, plenty, there's plenty of them and listen, for any of you that, you know, waving your, your blue line flags and all this bullshit. And be it's, not like, all. Oh. it's not all. And you're like, uh, 
yo, Colin Kaepernick was disrespecting the troops. Nah, man, this was disrespecting the troops. This is what we talk about. This is disrespecting the troops. Taking the knee is not disrespecting the troops. Harassing this poor black military man, and it's a black cop. It's systematic. It's fucked up. That, like it, it's bad. And I, this was, I was watching this like, wow, this is embarrassing for America. Like yep. this man is wearing, he's wearing his fatigues. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? They, they don't value us. But again, like you said, it, the system is broken. And there have been plenty of times. Like I always revert back to the scene of Boys in the Hood when Trey and Ricky get pulled over by the cop and the black cop is just giving them hell. Yep. There are a lot of black cops out there who are, who enjoy their job just a little bit too much. So, but that, that's the system. It's not necessarily just the people because it ain't just rednecks being cops. That's not what's happening. It's just not racist being cops. It's, there's a lot of bullshit out there. But ultimately, look, man, this, I think if we've said this a thousand times, this won't be the first, nor will this be the last time we talk about this, unfortunately. Like we had to wait a little while. And I, I think I said it when I wrote my book about Kendrick and I did an interview and I was like, yeah, nothing's happening right now. You know, so my book may not be as relevant, but rest assured this blackness and all this shit will come back around. There's always like a lull after the protest is like a, a brief sense of security where everybody starts going back on their bullshit and paying attention to nothing. And then somebody gets shot and everybody's all oh, black lives matter again. It's like, all right, well, what's going to change? Nothing. Same shit's going to keep happening. If this Derek Chavon shit goes left, boy, be careful. Like, I have not watched the news because I couldn't watch any more protest footage. I just can't. I can't take it anymore. Oh, not because yeah. I hate it. I just hate how it makes me feel emotionally. Like, it, it wreaks havoc on me. I can't watch it. I can't watch Black people keep getting killed. But guess what? It ain't stopping. It's going to keep going. Yep. And then, listen, man, thousands of cops out there making sure it's a peaceful protest making sure that the peace is kept. <laughs> I wish all those cops were doing the same on January 6th at a government building with officials. Yeah. Nah, but protest over this, trust, they are prepared and ready. Makes no sense. Um, let's hit the break, come back, and actually talk combat sports. It's why we are here. Make sure you guys don't go anywhere. We'll be back talking boxing. It's been a while, so don't go anywhere. Hit you up after this break. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes. And we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to The NFL Road Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just like that, we are back. Time to talk boxing. Dre, Showtime has dropped their summer schedule. Um, these are all confirmed fights. Obviously, we're still waiting to hear, see if we get Fury Joshua. I'm optimistic about this, by the way. I, I, I like the stuff going on around that, so we'll see how that plays out. We got to see what Terrence Crawford is doing, see what Manny Pacquiao is doing. Still some big names out there. Um, still waiting for the... Though I believe the Ryan Garcia fight got confirmed yep. um, for July 9th. 
so he'll be coming back. Haney's fight is confirmed. So I there's a lot of good fights coming up, but Showtime released all of theirs at once, right before actually uh, we started recording this. So some big fights on here. June 19th, Jamar, Jamal Charlo versus Juan Montiel. All right, mandatory defense, cool. Charlo's stuck in a weird place. Who does he fight at 160? I don't know. He, keep, he keeps talking shit, though. He be, out here, he be out here talking like his resume is ironclad, and it is really not. He need, him, him and Terrence Crawford are almost cut from the same cloth. Well, they be talking all this shit, and I'm like, dog, have you seen your resume? It yeah. ain't that tight. <laughs> it, it's, not the, it's not the fight they want to pick. They should no. find, like, a different stick. Especially Bud. Like, yo, don't have people start comparing opponents. Yeah, cut it like out. just keep it to accolades, sir. Keep it to accolades. Um, so yeah, this doesn't help Charlo too much. We'll see sooner or later, you know, he's gonna have to play ball somehow with the other side of the street. Like yeah. you you have to fight a guy like Boo Boo or Triple G or someone. Someone you are a champion, go for some other belts. His brother damn near might move up by then and he'll be forced up to 168. Yeah. So I, I <laughs> Yeah, there's like he gotta fight somebody. And then um we have June 26th, Javante Davis pay-per-view versus Mario Barrios. Javante Davis, this says he's going for a super lightweight world championship. But to my knowledge, the super lightweight undisputed title is uh or as I call it junior welterweight, is being contested on May 22nd on top rank. So not um, sure what belt is this this is for but nonetheless tank versus barrios at 140 look i like the fight i keep saying this is a dangerous fight for tank tank's giving up a lot of height mario barrios is no joke i like this fight a lot this whatever the hell belt this is whatever i don't i don't care i'm looking forward to the fight though pay-per-view i would say no but tank is proving himself to be musty tv for a lot of people so i'm not necessarily mad at the pay-per-view I don't see myself like I wouldn't be running out to buy it, but it depends. It depends on what's going on that night. He's in one of those situations. Like what else is going on? Oh, nothing else is going on. We'll watch tank fight. They're going to have to build Mario Barrios because the average fan has no idea who he is. At least Leo Santa Cruz had, you know, his wars with Carl Frampton and after Mares to build his name off of Barrios is still relatively young and new in this game. So, you know, it's, it's a tough fight and it's funny. It's one of those, possible trap fights that Javante could win and have a really hard time and people would give him shit about, even yeah. though Barrios is really good. But we shall see. I just like the fights getting made. I don't necessarily know what Tank's doing, I guess is what I'm trying to figure out. As Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia, which, you know, Devin's got his fight lined up, with, and but Ryan, for whatever reason, is fighting Fortuna, which is another title eliminator. When he was talking about fighting Manny Pacquiao, I have no idea what Ryan's doing. No clue. They have Tank, to fight each other sooner or later. Yeah, Tank, I also don't know what he's doing. He's moving up to do what exactly? Because what's after this? What is his plan here? I thought he should have stayed down and fought Gary Russell Jr., but that's yeah. just me. But, you know, Gary Russell Jr. fights once a year like Christmas, so it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know. This is this is a good fight. I just can't figure out where it's leading to. Yeah, I think maybe so they can market him as a three-division champion. But this so belt is kind of empty. Bruin. I mean, you see how this shit worked out for Agent Bruin. He's, yeah, you know, I mean, championships and nothing. people believe in that shit. 
Broner's caught checks off of that. So I guess. Um, but again, I, I don't know what this leads to. I really like, all right. It's a stay busy fight. That's way too tough. Yeah. I mean, look, man, as a, as a person who covers the sport, I give him all the credit in the world for taking this fight because he doesn't need to. But as a, if I'm a casual trying to get him over per se, I don't know if this is necessarily the fight that you want to have. So it's dangerous. Look, it's very dangerous. Kudos for him to take, for taking this fight. Clearly he thinks, well, maybe he doesn't. It's not, it's not a walk in the park, but we'll see if he cleans out Barrios in a round or two, hey, I'll, maybe I'll have a different story to tell, but I just can't figure out where it leads to. And that's all I really want to know. It's like, all right, well, if you win, then what? Are you fighting Ryan? Are you fighting Devin? Are you looking for T.O.? What are you doing? Which way are you, are you going? Are you trying to capture the belt at 140 before T.O.? Do you help yeah. that? Do you hope that, you know, the, the winner of Ramirez Taylor vacates and you can be crazy and be named the, the real champion at 140 and snag a belt, you know, like, Teofimo obviously has his choice of belts at 140 if he moves up, but he can only grab one if they're vacated. Yeah, I, so, I can't figure this out. I don't, I don't know. It puts him in a weird position. That small, do you want to stay at 140? That seems like a very permanent move if you want to go up. Yeah, he's he's a little thick dude, man. He's like a, a little running back. Like he's got he's got it, I, he can't make that way forever, but no. he's so. Uh, uh, he has such a height disadvantage. Canelo does too, though. So, I mean... Yeah, Canelo's very defense, responsible defensively, where we haven't seen that with Tank yet. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's there to be great, but it's an odd time in his career to do so. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's so, many, so many money fights, and... He skipped Lord over Hardy. the money division. Yeah, You don't see that often. So when you go from 130, skip over the money division, which is 135 and everyone there, and go straight to 140, where arguably there's no one there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I love the fight, though. I love the fight. I'm just trying to figure out where they're going with this. Yeah, we shall see. Then we have Jermel Charlo, other twin, versus Brian Castaño on July 17th for all of the belts at sure. Junior Middleweight. Hey, sure. I, think it's good. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's right. a good fight. It's better than the Jamal Charlo fight. Yeah. This should cement Jamel as pound for pound. A pound for pound guy. Maybe. There's pound for pound's pretty busy right now. It's very it all, busy. And it all depends. Unless you put Tank in there. Again, Tank going up to 140 is definition of pound for pound. So if he washes Barrios, which I don't expect, he probably solidifies the spot. There's some people at the end hanging on there. I'm just like, yeah. Like, I don't think Estrada won that last fight. I personally could take him off of my list. Yeah, I wouldn't take him off the list. He's too good. I would, I would, I would. I, my eyes said he lost that. Yeah, but he, I, I wouldn't take him off. I put Chocolatito on. I mean, Estrada, like, that division is loaded. Meanwhile, Tank has fought nobody. And, you know, Charlo's fought nobody. So, you know, the, the competition is not there to put either of them above uh, Chocolatito or Estrada. Like, I can't, I couldn't do that. Even Sori Visei, even though, like, those guys, they're like the the equivalent of the Morales, Barrera, Marquez, like, cycle yeah. of fighters. They're, <laughs> they're all top tier. Like, meanwhile, Tank has not fought a real quality opponent. 
and neither has. That's not true. Santa Cruz was a quality opponent. Yeah, but he was small and like he was quality. mm, His best days were behind him. I mean, he was moving up what two weight class? Yeah, no, one weight class. It was contested at one thirty. Yeah, well, I, I just don't. I don't see that as the the same level of competition that we've watched uh, Estrada compete against. It's, I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to take him off the list. And even if he beats Barrios, I wouldn't. I couldn't do it. Now Jamal beat Derevchenko. Eh. Who else? Okay, nobody really. Harrison. Harrison Powell. Oh no, no, excuse me, uh, Jamel. I thought you said no. Jamal yeah, would be Derevchenko. Yeah, yeah, no, Jamel is, would be the case for the pound for pound. Yeah, Jamel um, lost. He's lost the fight. Yeah, yeah, it's Tony, and then avenged it, which he was yeah. losing that fight. Yeah, so um, it, it's it, the, yeah, it's, they're not like so far outside of the top 10 pound for pound, but a lot of pound for pound lists don't have Anthony Joshua. So I can't, I couldn't um, put a Charlo over Anthony Joshua. Personally, I have Tyson Fury in mind, not Joshua. Well, but I'm saying, like, if I had to choose, if you said, oh, Jamel. Who's the Charlo brother, Anthony Joshua? Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, pick Anthony Joshua. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, his level of competition is is pretty damn good. Yeah, the resume is there. He has a loss, but the resume is there. He's yeah. fought quality opponents. Charlo, see, like, Monte, not yet. Yeah, Andy Ruiz, one hell of an opponent, I guess. We shall we shall see because Ruiz looks like like he's getting ready for a WWE run. Bro, I think I swear I'm pay- this pay per view is just to see Andy Ruiz as the weight loss. There's no way in hell that this this fight should be a pay per view. Sign me up then. No, it shouldn't be. But damn, this weight loss and transformation and him in the gym every day with Canelo and I'm kind of sold on it. It's a pay it's a pay per view against Chris Ariola. It's it's literally the undercard is okay though. Undercard is all right. Is it pay per view quality? No, no, absolutely not. No. You're paying to see what Andrew Ruiz looks like with his shirt off. Like this is the the, the bodybuilding competition because I have no idea. Chris Ariola in the pay per view? Come on, man. Not in the year 2021. I'll tell you that much. It's a long way from people thought thinking he was going to be the greatest Mexican heavyweight ever. Yeah. Um, long way from that. And then we had David Benavidez coming back August 28th, and opponent. All right, Jose Uzcatiagi. I can't pronounce the last name. Fuck it. But he's the mandatory. Um, excuse me. This is an eliminator, title eliminator for the WBC belt, which again, Benavidez has never lost his damn belt, but he's lost it twice. But make this is this is where I fully expect Kale Plant to say something because Kale Plant just beat Utsugaki. Like he just beat him. And he's gonna look at this shit and is like, oh, you get my sloppy seconds for a title eliminator for a title you never lost. All I care yeah. about is seeing Benavidez fight. No, but that makes sense, right? So Plant beat him. Cool, but he got to plant for a reason. If Benavidez beats him, then plants the next guy up. So it's like, okay, at that point, plant might not be the guy. Because all this is is to set David Benavidez. This August 28th, I think they're hoping, fingers crossed, and counting on Caleb Plant Canelo to go down if Canelo is victorious over Billy Joe Saunders, which I think a lot of us thinks he think he will be. Then you're looking at Canelo fights September 13th. So how can I put David Benavidez on the same schedule as Canelo Alvarez? Because that would make Canelo undisputed champ if he fights Plant on the 18th, or excuse me, on September 13th, Mexican 
Independence Day, and then you're looking at, okay, maybe we get busy around December, January with him and Benavidez, and then that opens up Canelo to do whatever he wants, single to mile. Sure. I mean, well, it's smart. Smart play. Just get him in the ring sometime around the Canelo fight. Put them on the same schedule. And then uh, Stephen Fulton Jr. comes back September 11th. I just like Stephen Fulton Jr. I mean, it's a good fight. The the Figueroa and Neary fight is a really good fight, and the winner fights Fulton. Those are really good fights. Yeah. Uh, Showtime has a very strong schedule. They had they were looking a little suspect for a moment, and this summer schedule is pretty tight. Still missing uh, some star power, though. If we're if we're being honest. Yeah, I feel like there's you know we're gonna get something. The the fourth quarter will have. I'm sure we'll see Spence. It looks like. It's either Spence against Ugas and Boots. We will talk about Boots in this in a moment here. Uh, Boots is like, if you don't want him, I'll take him. Because, you know, we got... Get that time. Yeah, he, I mean, Boot, Boots is ready. We're going to talk about it. Boot, the kid is ready. He's 23. It's amazing. But yeah. it looks like Spence and Ugas is the fight to make. I don't know what Sean Porter's doing at the moment. I, I He's in this weird spot where he's probably going to get another semi-whack opponent because nobody really wants to fight him because there's no fun fighting Sean Porter. I mean, unless he gets Terrence. If that fight happens, man, I just, I'm just not overly confident in... You got to wait it out to see. You really got to see what Manny Pacquiao does because everyone's standing still until then. I believe that's yeah. why Errol Spence is standing still. I mean, but they can can't all stand announce still. Ugas until you get that. Mikey Garcia standing still for a year and a half. It's crazy because Manny, Manny ain't really thinking about y'all like that. Manny's no, like, <laughs> no, no, he's on his own pace, but everyone else can't move until he moves. Yeah, everybody's waiting for Manny, and like Manny's just sitting there, you know, playing with his kids and helping the Philippines out. And he ain't really giving a shit about y'all like that, but I'm glad he's held up traffic the way he has. Yo, Mikey, Mikey might be the worst victim of it. Could be if he gets passed up on this. Yeah, sucks. Like, yo, he's just been doing nothing, fam, nothing at all waiting oh well yep and then um you mentioned boots bootsiness just won i i mean dominant fashion i didn't think he was gonna finish it like that um to me boots is wildly talented obviously but when i turned on the fight i put in a group chat i was like yo boots gets on my nerves because he'll he'll play with his food yeah, like he's notorious for. I'm like, yo, Boosh, just turn it up. He turned it up in this one. I was like, oh damn, I gotta eat my words tonight. So he really went out there and showed out. Like, power wise, skill wise, offensively, like he's offensively skilled as a Virgil Ortiz, maybe less natural power, but as skilled, can get as many knockouts, all that good stuff. He just he plays with his food. Like he just goes in and be like, ah man, I'm I'm in no threat of losing. Let me just. Let me just get some rounds in. So uh, it, it's interesting because I don't know where I would rank him amongst the young fighters of today. Where would you put him if you had to slot him in between some people? Like 25 he's... and under. Everyone's damn near 25 and under. Yeah, he's pretty high up, man. I think talent-wise, I think him and Virgil, are they're on a collision course in some ways. Unfortunately, like you can't – they could, they won't because of the promotions – they keep them away from each other as long as they can. And I feel like Boots is right in the mix with the Ryan Garcias and the Devin Haney's. I think he's just as skilled. And I, I said this about two and a half years ago that Boots was ready. He's ready. He's ready for a top, top quality opponent. He won't, an Ugas fight would be 
perfect for him because it's a fight that either he'll win and we'll be like, yeah, that's it. Or he'll get exposed because he's facing a boxer. And for a lot of these guys, the shitter get off the pot. They don't want to wait. They don't want a bunch of tune-up fights. Virgil yeah. Ortiz just beat the brakes off of Mo Hooker, former world champion. So it's like these guys want fights. So somebody mentioned Keith Thurman versus Bootsy in his I was like, Try and get okay. Keith killed. I want to see it, though. <laughs> yeah, I would just say, okay, you know, we haven't seen Keith in a while. So, all right. I mean. It'd be great for have- Gatekeeper Danny as well if we're. If yeah. we're just throwing names out there. I mean, Danny's talking about moving up to 54. So which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. But you look at a lot of these young fighters, and I think Boots is right there in the mix. I mean, you know, Ryan Garcia had a hell of a time with Luke Campbell. Devin Haney didn't look like a million bucks against Uriokas Gamboa. I've already mentioned what I felt about Tank. I haven't seen him really get punched in the face for one good time. Teofimo's the top of the class. He beat the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. Um then there's David Benavidez, who's if he could keep his weight and stay off the drugs, he he still be he wouldn't have to try to be the three-time undefeated WBC champion, which sounds <laughs> ridiculous. But this this young crop of fighters, they're incredible. They're incredibly talented. Yeah, and I mean, and we're seeing an influx of talented fighters coming in now who were waiting on the Olympics. The Olympics dragged their feet, took too long. So a lot of them just turned pro, like, yo, I'm tired of waiting. Yeah. And we see another just add to the crop of young and talented 20, 21 year olds. Um, Keyshawn Davis is one of them who's looked amazing as two fights. I believe he fights again on the Canelo undercard coming up. And yeah. that's going to be amazing. Like that kid is the truth as well. So, so much talent um, coming up between 130 and 147. It's yeah, just it's, it's, insane. It's loaded. It's, it's very loaded. It's- it's a good time to be a boxer fan. Just hope y'all are actually watching the fights. Yeah. I mean, and they also got to keep people's interest. Like, you you like all these young kids. You like all this talent. But if talent doesn't mix it up against each other, what are we doing? And these are guys who have fought six, seven times against each other on the amateurs, which I never understood. Like, yo, they fight each other all the time until they're about 18, 19, and then never fight. And then fight again once between 20 and 40. Makes no damn sense. Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney have fought six times. They're three and three. Why, like, why the hesitation? They've been in the ring. Makes no sense to me. None, none whatsoever. But hey, that's boxing. Another A, that's boxing moment. Jake Paul versus Ben Askren this weekend. Pay-per-view thriller. Dre, are you excited? I'm interested. Look, man. (laughs) You're going to be sports entertained, baby. Yes, dude. I've watched people have such a problem with this fight, and I don't care. I don't care. There are so many people just like, yo, I hate this fight. Why is it happening? Don't watch it. Don't watch it. It's ruining boxing. How? Yep. Watch another fight. You know, like, the uh, Demetrius Andre fights this weekend. Are you watching that? Probably not. But you do know about the Jake Paul Ben Askren fight. I'm just saying, pick and choose your battles here. You don't have, like, if the fucking Timberwolves are playing the the Thunder and the Lakers are playing the Clippers, you can pick one to watch. You don't have to watch the the Timberwolves and the Thunder, right? You don't have to. Or you can watch the Big Three. Big Three's fun. Still basketball. Is it the same level? No, these guys are kind of old and washed. But just pick what you watch. So this fight, I'm ready. Dude, Regis Prograde's on the card. 
I'm yeah. I want to watch this shit. I'm I I don't. If yes, it was, Red Catch, it's not bad. No, no, it's a good fight, and I think this is good for Regis Prograde because he knows like he needs eyeballs on him to get the bigger fights. If yep. he can get a highlight reel knockout that goes viral, if all of Jake Paul, like I just did a by the numbers. If you haven't seen it, uh, I was just playing around. But Jake Paul's social media reaches 51 million people. If there's a highlight reel knockout on that card and a fraction of that following helps that thing go viral, that helps Regis Prograde. There's nothing wrong with this fight. It's not like Jake Paul's being matched up with fucking Deontay Wilder. It's like an extreme mismatch. It's Jake Paul and Ben Askren. You ain't got to watch it. It's pay-per-view. You can choose to turn it off. It's not taking up real estate where, where you're like, oh, I would be watching this, but the Jake Paul, Ben Askren fight is on. That's not happening. Turn on the TV. If you don't want to watch that shit, don't. If you do, and you want to see Justin Bieber perform, and you want to see the West Coast Mount Rushmore perform, and you want to see Regis Pro Gray, and then there's like, who else is on that car? Frank Mears boxing? Frank Mears, baby, against Cunningham. Like Steve Cunningham was supposed to be Antonio Tarver. That didn't happen. It's Steve Cunningham. I'm watching this shit. I am watching this shit, and I'm preparing to be sports entertained. I, I, I can't. I'm not among those people like you're ruining the sport. I just don't believe that at all. I, I, Kel, you got to tell me how does this ruin the sport? To me, it doesn't. Again, it's it's it makes no sense because you can just ignore it. If you want the sport to be how you want the sport to be. Just ignore it. Don't give it your time of day. And the sport is not ruined by you. I think people say it, quote unquote, ruins the sport because it's actually selling and getting dollars. And when you see numbers like 1.5 million pay-per-views by someone who had two fights, granted, Mike Tyson was also on the card. But when you see those type of numbers, you go, oh, well, this ruined the sport because guys have 30 fights and they don't get these numbers. Whose fault is that? Right. Like, but I, I'm sure if Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence fought twice by now, like, as they should have, and we were going into a trilogy and if they were one and one, they'd probably get to 1.5. But they don't. Because they're not thinking that way. So that's their fault. Does that help the sport? These guys not fighting and being two and three, one and three, two and four, however you have it on your pound for pound list, them not fighting and being 33 and 31 years old is ridiculous. And then refusing to fight younger fighters. So who are you fighting? That's not good for the sport. This, we live in a different era, right? Where it's just, it's just like music and everything else. Like there's, I I always say like, I don't listen to all the mumble rap shit, but I don't want it to not exist. There's There's a space for it. And when you talk about a Jake Paul and a Ben Asker fight, the reason why it's so interesting is Jake Paul has a massive audience. And that's what it's really all about. It's really all about what your reach is. Now, if you're a really good fighter, but you aren't doing anything on social media and like nobody gives a shit about you, it's a tree fall. It's a, you know, the tree falls in forest with nobody around. Does it make a sound? No, it doesn't because nobody's watching that shit. But Jake Paul is annoying. People want to see him get knocked out. He but he's taking his craft very seriously. So I am intrigued. I don't understand people because I don't understand how one fight ruins boxing. It's never happened before. You know what, you know what fight ruined boxing more than anything else. You want to be completely honest. You know, do you know what fight I'm about to say? Mayweather. Mayweather. Connor. what? Mayweather. No. Connor. No, no, 
Mayweather Pacquiao. Oh, to why? Here's why. It took fucking six years to happen for starters. Then the fight happened and it sucked. It was supposed to be the fight of the century and Mayweather absolutely dominated it. Now, for us that love the sweep science, we appreciate what Floyd did. But if you're a casual fan who waited six years for that fight to be made and that's what you got for, what was it, 100 bucks? Mm. That ruined boxing more than Jake Paul and Ben Askren. Because you were waiting with bated breath for six years for that fight to happen. And it was one-way traffic. That did more harm than good than any Jake Paul fight. Because what happens if Jake Paul goes out there and and obliterates Ben Askren? How does this hurt boxing? It's not going to make people go. What happened with the Pacquiao-Mayweather fight is it made people go, I'm not buying another uh, Mayweather pay-per-view. Or I'm not paying for a big fight because I'm let down. There was so much hype that I was Mm. let down. That hurts. It does. There, there is no letdown with Paul Nasser. And you know what else? Triller, like, say what you want about the musical acts. Triller is in the business of entertaining you fucks. They're not here to just put on great fights. We're having a full-ass concert. We know the production value is going to be ridiculous. My boy Coppinger's on the call. What? It's fast. I love it. Coppinger's on the call with Al Bernstein. We know Snoop Dogg's going to be there. Like, man, this is entertainment with some fighting. This is pro wrestling. I'm here for it. <laughs> I just don't see how it hurts the sport. If if it wasn't a fight or if like Aspen took a dive and like or he like didn't show up, that hurts. But man, man with a Pacquiao was every barbershop, every food, like every fast food joint, everybody talked about that fight. All the people that were here in Vegas for that fight. And that fight was not good. It was one-way traffic. Manny didn't show up, injury or not. Nobody, like, everybody groaned at the end of that fight. There was no drama. There was no threat of a knockout. No nothing. But we waited for it. That's worse than anything. Waiting six years for a fight, it sucks. <laughs> ah, that's, yeah, people waited a long time to be let down. And which yeah. time we watched that fight, it wasn't that bad. It, but the it, expectation it, level yeah, was through the roof, and it clearly didn't match that. So, and the undercard was kind of shitty. But it speaks, to, it speaks to the idea of how casuals look at boxing. For those of us who are in this sport and covered it for as long as we have, I've covered this sport for 13 years now. I knew Floyd was going to watch, man. Oh, you're an I, old man. 13 years. Sorry 13 years, I think. 13. Ooh. 13. My first fight was 2008. So it's 13 years now. I knew. I was pretty confident because Manny had to look good. In a while, he hadn't knocked anybody out. I was like, "Yeah, Floyd's gonna buy circles around." Floyd's got the Floyd is the perfect fighter to neutralize everything that Manny has. But if you're a casual like Skip Bayless, you thought he was gonna kill Floyd, even though Manny hadn't killed anybody in years. Yeah, right. But the, everybody talked about like casuals just have, you know, why casuals only think of highlights. They say, "Oh, Manny Pacquiao knocked out Ricky Hatton. That was crazy." Manny yeah. Pacquiao knocked out. Miguel Cotto, that was crazy. Manny Pacquiao beat the shit out of Oscar De La Hoya, that was crazy. But nobody asked, you know how long ago those fights were? No. I mean, everybody was like, oh, well, Marquez knocked out Manny. Nah, that doesn't matter because I hate Floyd and I want Manny to win. But anybody who had a brain who has been covering the sport knew, like, Floyd should win this fight. Manny shouldn't be that much of a problem for him. And Floyd went out there and beat him up. But casuals 
are the ones who drive the pay-per-views up. Casuals are going to be the ones that are going to watch the Jake Paul Ben Askren fight because they just feel like being entertained. Hardcores do not run the business, any business. Hardcores get NBA League Pass. They're not the <laughs> ones who – like, they do. They get NBA League Pass and they watch every – like, not every game, but they watch a majority of the games. A casual NBA fans won't watch. Casual NBA fans will not watch the Oklahoma City Thunder. Casual baseball fans will not – watch the minnesota twins hardcore baseball fans will but if the world series is the the yankees and the dodgers it'll be the highest ranked world series highest rated world series because that's casuals watching that shit when the tampa bay rays make the world series casuals don't give a fuck yeah this is this is casual this is casual boxing you need it so with this the box boxing aspects of this card with those, Jake Paul, Ben Askren, how do you see that fight going? Jake Paul's winning this fight. Have you seen Ben Askren striking before? Yo, he kind of, <laughs> this sounds going to sound stupid because it's always stupid to judge stuff off of uh, open workout the week of a fight. But the man could throw a punch, at least a little bit better than when I saw him like six months ago. But it's against pads and it's against air. Who knows? Maybe you can take pads. a punch. Eight rounds it's is a long time. It's against pads. It's against air. And he's never boxed before. That's This is so important. But he has fought before. Doesn't matter. Unlike Nate and Gibb. The biggest question is, is how good really is Jake Paul? Because he's fought two guys I mean, who had never fought before. Not boxed, not MMA, not, not wrestled had never been in a one-on-one combat environment. He had never, he fought two guys who had never done it. No, that's, this is true. And here, here's my analogy for you. Like, basketball and football have a ball involved. Yeah. After that, nothing else is the same. While boxing and MMA do have some similarities, Ben Askren is chiefly a wrestler who goes in there and his instinct is to take you down and ground and pound you. In my by the numbers, do you know how many knockouts Ben Askren has when both fighters are standing up? Zero. None. He's ground never pound knocked the opponent right. down. Yes, only ground and pound the submissions. That's it. In his first two UFC fights, Ben Askren landed a grand total of zero strikes. Zero. That's <laughs> hard. Not to a do. single one. I think he won one of those. In, yeah, he uh, he he beat Robbie Lawler with that bullshit. Remember, he got clipped up by Robbie Lawler. Oh yeah, yeah, it was almost out, almost out, and then wrapped his ass up. Yeah, so the second fight mastered all. Obviously, five seconds. Nobody, he, he didn't have time to even think about throwing a punch. But the first fight against Robbie Lawler, he did, and he got pieced up bad. He should have lost that fight, but he didn't. And then, yeah, you know, then he lost to Damian. Ryan, and he was like, all right, I'm done. I'm out of here. But now you're gonna put him in a boxing ring where there is no wrestling. There are no takedowns. Because I get your analogy, but this is the equivalent of a guy who's played basketball all his life and made it to the NBA, and then he decides to go to the NFL. But he's, he's playing football against someone who's only played high school football. Like, you're a great high school football star, but you've never faced anyone who played collegiate. You've never faced anyone who's played in the pros. But now we're going to drop you in the pros against a pro basketball player. Yeah, they've never played football, 
but they're a pro basketball player. You've only competed against people who are at high school level. That is Jake Paul. Yeah, yes, you've boxed before, but you've only boxed people who are not even mediocre professional boxers. You've boxed people who are high school level boxers. And we're dropping you into a pro environment, great. But against someone who's a pro at something else, the skill set's different. Yeah, the problem is he's a pro at something else. <laughs> and that's Chris Tata boxing. These other guys, like, granted, oh, no. yeah, one was a pro at basketball. Oh, I agree. Great. But it, it's it's a guy who's been punched in the face before, several times. At least he's been punched in the face. You're not going to shock him by hitting him. He's been hit. No, I, I agree with that aspect. But the, my, the real point that I'm making here is Jake Paul has, has at least been inside the boxing ring to fight, and then, which also means he has spent the last three years training, where Ben Fair. Askren has not. Cool. Ben Ask- he's not trained to boxing. How- the only the only thing Askren- Ben Askren's like a buck eighty five. He's fought Nate Robinson, who was a very small point guard in the NBA, and he fought Gibb, who I don't even know how much that man weighed, but there's not athletic bone in his body. Like you're you're fighting someone who, granted, the guy could barely throw a punch, but he's gonna have some power behind that punch. Is he? About- Maybe I've never seen Jake Paul really get hit. I'm just saying, is he going to have power? Yes, I think, throw- I think he hits Jake Paul to the body with two grown-ass man shots, and Jake Paul reevaluates his life. You think so? You think Jake Paul hasn't been sparring with real boxers? I think those real boxers whip his ass. Do you? He with gear on and with him, yes. Mm, yes. Okay. He takes a real punch, and he's, listen, he's going to okay. look and be like, oh, you know what, YouTube might be the way to go. Okay. I'm good at I, I, I thought it was stupid as well. But the more I think about it, the more I see, I think Ben Askren can eat Jake Paul's punches at the least. And I'm not sure Jake Paul has ever been hit by a real combat sports athlete. Okay. I, I think he might reevaluate his life. Ben Askren has fought MMA for 12 years and he never busts a grape with a strike in. In small gloves. In small gloves. Yeah, the big gloves. The big gloves is going to be a, a battle. His I don't think he could do damage with the big gloves. He his technique is horrible. Can he throw a jab? If Jake Paul just stays behind a jab, he's winning this fight. That's it. <laughs> just scoot around the ring. I'm serious. Stay behind your jab. Bah, bah. <laughs> not to mention, not to mention, this is a cruiserweight fight. Jake Paul's a pretty big boy. Like he's he's not little. Ben Askren. Coming off hip surgery, hasn't fought in a while. He'll he'll take a punch. He's gonna lose this fight. He's gonna right. lose this fight. No knockout though. Eh, he might knock him out. He might get a stoppage because I don't know if Ben Askren knows what to do if he gets hit with a combination because he can't take you down. Oh, it's the Conor McGregor syndrome. You don't know yes. how to stop the flurry because you can't shoot. Yeah, it's like, hey, you know, what do I do? What do All I Conor do? Conor had to hit? do was take a knee. Yeah, it's like, what do I do? I'm getting hit. And Conor McGregor's a striker. Yeah, but he didn't know when Mayweather was on him how to get that 10-second breather, how to clinch. He didn't know, yo, just take a knee. And, like, the fight's not over. Like, his natural instinct said, yo, if I go down to the ground, he's going to mollywop me. No, it's boxing. Just take a knee, take the points, you know, take the 10-8 round, capture your breath, survive, get to the stool. He had no clue how to do any of that. So when if Ben gets hit, what's he going to do? That's a good question. He might shoot. <laughs> I don't know. The only, thing, the only thing that I think could work in Ben Askren's favor is the fact that he's a wrestler. 
if he just clinches Jake Paul in this big, just a horrible fight and try to see where his conditioning is at. Because it's an eight-round fight. Just try to wear him down by leaning on him. That's the only thing I can think of. Because he's not going to be able – he's not going to be able to outstrike him. He's not going to be able to punch him. I, like, you talk about body shots. I ain't never seen Ben Askren hit anybody with a body shot. Nah, but I give him a bigger chance of landing a body shot than, like, a legit jab. So that's why I said body shot. I feel like it's a little closer in. Man, I just – I don't have much confidence in him landing a jab on the jaw. I think Jake Paul wins this fight pretty easily. I think, because again, it's like the eye test. I'm not saying Jake Paul is like some kind of world beater or anything like that, but you keep putting him in there with people who can't box, he's going to beat him up. And when he fought Anissa Gibb and when he fought Nate Robinson, it wasn't necessarily like they sucked. We, we know that. But Jake was shooting a jab, like a pretty good jab, and he was keeping his, his right up, and he was firing the jab, and he was putting punches behind it. And I was like, oh, this is impressive. He kind of knows what he's doing. You're right. He hasn't been hit yet. But I'm not necessarily concerned about Ben Askren hitting him. I, I, like, I think Ben Askren is going to throw a windmill punch at some point in the fight because I don't think he knows what to do. And that's why this is a decent fight because there's intrigue. Yes. Like I said, I'm here to be sports entertained, baby. We're going to be sports entertained. So we'll see how that one plays out. We still have MMA to talk about, so you guys don't go anywhere. After this break, we're going to wrap it up by talking some UFC. Stay right there. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back. It's the home stretch, UFC time. And not too much to talk about in the UFC, but we did get Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. Three finalized July 10th. Right here in Vegas, T-Mobile Arena, 100% capacity. You in the building? As of right now, probably not. Um, <laughs> yeah, in my mind right now, unless... It's hard to go to 100% capacity, sir. Yeah. That, that's a like, jump. It's like, you know, like if it was in like the apex in, in the summer, I'd be like, all right, maybe I'll go, you know, if everybody gets vaccinated, cool. But you're going to put me in a full-ass arena of Conor McGregor fans that are probably not going to wear a mask, and Daniel probably standing in the octagon next to Bruce Buffer and say, everybody take off your mask. Ah! No, I'm good. I, I just And then we're going to be, like, sitting next to each other. It'll be like a regular fight. It would be. Yeah, like we'd be shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. Like, it'll have to be something where, for us over at Sporting News and, and the things that we do, because – like, I don't even know if y'all know. We have a deal with y'all at ESPN, um, like a, a marketing and advertising deal. Hey. Like it, it would only make sense for me if it was like, oh, well, you're going to get an on-camera interview with Connor and Dustin. Like, if I get content, but just to be there to get COVID, I don't know about that. 
It's yeah, not even in a fucking outdoor arena. That's crazy no. to me. You're putting all these people into one space, breathing on each other, drunk as shit. A lot of them probably aren't going to be vaccinated. Yeah, they're, they're going to say, hey, keep your mask on if you can. Yeah, and they're not going to keep their mask on. No, because you just need a drink in your hand, and then you never have to put your mask on. It's a, it's a McGregor fight. It's a McGregor fight in the summer in Vegas against Dustin Poirier. In a rem- you know what's really fun though? I'm gonna I'm gonna divert just a little bit. <laughs> Did you notice that Conor McGregor turned back to the old Conor McGregor for this fight? Oh, I love it. He stiffed him on the on the payment to the charity and then said, So what? Oh, heel McGregor is the best. And he got the Roman Reigns heel teeth now. Do you think though, do you think that this is Conor McGregor trying to be the old Conor McGregor? Oh, hands down. I I, I think he he believes he lost some mojo with the nice guy act. This gave him a way to be the villain again. Mm, I think that's dangerous, man. Like, if you have to try to be the villain again, like, you're stiffing somebody on a charity is a fucking douchebag move, right? It, it is. So, <laughs> so it's like you're really trying to be a dick here. And Dustin respected you, right? So now you think you're going to get in Dustin's head. I don't know if that's the case. He just beat your ass. So... I don't know if you want to throw gasoline on that fire by saying I'm not going to give anything to your charity. Maybe Connor will show me something different. You but never he beat want to his ass by being calm, by being collected, by sticking to the game plan. Because Connor was hitting his ass. He stuck to the game plan, stuck to the leg kicks. You think maybe he's not going to stick to the game the second it, time around? I think Connor's hoping that maybe he can talk him into being overly emotional and him just want to come in there swinging and take his head off. I'm not saying it's, it's going to work, but I think Connor's grasping for anything to put him back to where he used to be. But much it's like Tyson, so when the mystique is gone, it is extremely hard to get it back. It's so transparent. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I see what he's doing. And if I see it, you know Dustin's in there like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, <laughs> like, I just beat your ass. I knocked you the fuck out. You think I'm worried about you talking shit now? Like, I, he can jibber-jabber and talk all that shit. He's probably like Connor's probably gonna take this one too far. And Dane is gonna say it too. Oh, this reminds me of the Khabib shit. Like, this is probably what's gonna happen because Dustin will remain unfazed like Khabib was for a certain amount of time. And then Connor will just go deeper and deeper into his bag until it's embarrassing. Yeah. And then it'll be something, but I don't think it's inappropriate. Yeah, and just like Khabib, like Dustin be like, all right, cool. I'm just gonna fuck you up. Because the problem is, Connor, are you gonna check those leg kicks? It's going to happen again. Yeah, it's going to happen earlier. He's going to throw him earlier now. Yeah, it's going to happen again, and he just took all your shit. It's not like you you knocked him down or you hurt Dustin really bad. No, you got racked up. And we've yeah. also realized that Connor, with his back against his cage, ain't shit. No. I mean, Nate showed everyone that. Yeah, like when he's got his back up against the cage, ain't shit. And Dustin realized that as soon as he turned that corner on him, he was done for. But I just really was intrigued when I saw Connor go back to the old Connor. I was like, this is kind of desperate. You know what this all proves? That we were right all along. That Justin Gaethje would have dismantled Connor McGregor. Yeah, he would have. Boy. What? You talking about a leg kick? What? And back against the cage? He, he would have changed his life. Prediction. <laughs> Here's oh my, my quick, quick prediction. Dustin wins this fight. Conor McGregor goes and partners with Triller and has a boxing match, maybe against Jake Paul and Triller there. Oh, I believe 100% that would go down if Conor loses. I think Conor wins this one. 
I Trill is throwing around so much money. I may I even you might leave win, anyway. Maybe I do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, if they want to form a partnership with you, Triller just for those who didn't know, Triller just formed a partnership with Fight. Bought and it. yeah, they, right. they essentially bought in. For those like Mike Weber, the the CFO of, of Fight, is, is a good friend of mine, and I'm just like, y'all won. Because fight still exists. It doesn't change. Fight yep. still carries all the pro wrestling, everything that they have. Now they just carry Triller too. Because, and the, re- the reason behind it is simple. For those that don't know, fight is very reliable when it comes to watching events. The technology that fight has when it comes to casting to your television or watching on your devices is like the most reliable out of everybody. Yep. And so Triller paired up with them because Triller can't handle a pay-per-view. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're just rich and got a lot of money. They needed a partner with somebody that understands the technology. Fight was perfect for this. Good for me because I have a media pass for Fight, so I get all this shit for free. So yeah. I'm, I'm watching it all. So, But I'm just saying, like, Triller's got so much money. They'll, they'll say, hey, hey, Connor. Yeah, you can, here's your excuse, Connor, that you've been wor- worried about boxers. Why don't you come box for us? And here's like whatever million dollars we're going to give you. And you want to have a stake in the company? Con- Conor McGregor and Triller? That's huge. Dana would be pissed. Do it, Connor. Lose, throw the fight. Take a dive. Go join Triller. No, I mean, it'd be smart. McGregor Promotions partners with Triller. What? Can you imagine? And then you get all the bullshit, too. Because you get the Conor McGregor in the entertainment aspect and the pomp and circumstance, but then you get all these fights. Like Conor, yeah, he, he, if he wants to fight somebody, he ain't got to worry about like no promotion. They throw a bunch of money at somebody to get him a fight. Yep. He could box anybody. He could box Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz says, fuck the UFC. Like he, let's just say he loses Leon Edwards and he says, fuck this, I'm out. Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz on Triller. It's going to do better than everything else. And perfect and place for that him. Weekend. Perfect place for him versus Pauly. Yeah, do it all. All of that. There's, there's, Show the, the, the stupid can... gym footage. Do all that. Get some good guests. Honestly, you know, with their money and the Conor McGregor fight, they get Drake. Of course they could. Of course they could. Triller, yeah. Triller Drake could be the spending. performance. Yo, you're printing money. Dude, listen. Here, here's how the here's how quickly things change, and then we'll go back to the UFC shit and talk about Kevin Holland being whack. Um, <laughs> for real, last January, I was in Miami. Demetrius Andrade fought Luke Keeler in the main event. Jake Paul fought Anison Gibb in the co-main event or in the third fight on the card. This weekend, Demetrius Andrade fights on the zone. Nobody gives a fuck. Jake Paul is fighting Ben Askren a year later on a pay-per-view that's going to do numbers. Yep. How crazy is that? Jake Paul was on the undercard. But we saw it. We saw it. I was in Miami. I saw it. After Jake fought, all the YouTube, like, man, we had a black carpet. All these celebrities, Kamar Usman showed up, Michael Strahan, Saquon Barkley, they all showed up. Like 60% of them left when Andre fought. Like as soon as Andre got that first <laughs> knockdown, he got that first knockdown against Keeler in the first round. That that fight went two rounds too long and everybody left because they were there to see Jake Paul. And we knew it. We were like, oh, it's over. Jake Paul, if we don't sign Jake Paul when I was still doing a lot of lifting with the zone, he's going to take off somewhere else. And now he's with Triller. 
he's about to be printing money. It's crazy. Anyway, back to some UFC shit. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, UFC, again, we just have a couple of things to talk about. Let's recap the UFC on ABC card that just happened last week. UFC on oh. ABC 2. A lot of people, hopefully you guys saw it, maybe not. It had a super early start time. But I kind of like that on these ABC cards. Um, one thing that sticks out to me, we'll just go through a couple of things. Um, Mike Perry lost again. Time to cut him, right? Come on, man. Is he worth the trouble? I don't. I think we all know the answer to that. Time to get cut. He's not even good. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then uh, Mackenzie Dern, uh, Nina Nunez now, Mrs. Nunez versus Mackenzie Dern, and Nina was what one fight removed from being top three, top four in division. I had a child, came back, which understandably first fight after having the baby, but Mackenzie Dern looked good and. She's on the ground. No one survives. Dude, look, I thought this fight was going to be competitive. As soon as Mackenzie got on the ground, it was over. It was survival mode. It's like someone getting attacked by a shark. Hey, Mackenzie's figured it out. This is the great thing about MMA in comparison to boxing. You lose in boxing and everybody's like, it's over. And they, they cast you to the side and don't give a fuck about you. Mackenzie Dern lost a couple fights. We were like, yeah, and she worked her way back up. To be she fair, she lost one fight. The other one, one was fight. a questionable decision that they gave yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. Yeah. But she showed this incredible improvement in her striking, which now makes it tougher for opponents to figure her out. It comes with maturity. Boxing doesn't really do that. If boxing feeds you a bunch of cans, so it's really hard to get better because it's not okay to lose to somebody who's better than you. It's yeah. weird. But in MMA, you lose to somebody who's better than you you go back to the drawing board, you plug some holes in your game. You like Aljamain Sterling, get knocked out by Marlon Moraes, and then, you know, you're fighting for a title a few years later. The losses are okay. Brian Ortega got pieced up by Max Holloway, came back, looked like a brand new Brian Ortega. Now he's doing the ultimate fighter with Volkanovski, but whatever. Mackenzie Dern, she may be fighting for a title by the end of next, beginning of next year. I agree. Depending on how busy she is, because I don't know if anybody can stop this shit. Yeah. I mean- the biggest takeaway for me, you mentioned her hands and getting better as a striker. I think the change in cardio and just getting the weight in order has completely changed her whole game. Talk about having a child and it changing you. She had her child came back and had no weight problems after. Yeah, crazy. She crazy. leaned out, helped her, like making weight now, 115. For a long time, I was like, yo, she has to be at 125. What is she doing? Now it's 115 in a blink. Yeah, it's easy for her. And then, you know, on top of all that, the action just gets stronger. Every fight, the action gets stronger. I'm like, yo, she, like I said, I can't No, wait I saw the, the post-fight. The post-fight this weekend, she sounded like she was from Arizona again. No translator, no nothing. Clear as day. She sounded like a Valley girl. She's so strange, man. I'm telling you, because one day it's like she's super Portuguese, and the next time she's like the, the girl from Arizona. But yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, if she ever gets that title shot, she's going to have a translator. Oh, hands down. Hands down. <laughs> you got to translate it. We're all going to be bugging. Like, what the hell's going on here? I've, yeah. I've convinced myself, because I just watched this movie again, because it's about to be taken off of Netflix, that she is like Christian Bale's Batman. Is that on fight night, she has to get into the zone, and to get all the jiu-jitsu skills out, she got to go super Portuguese. Crazy. And then, like, I swear, you catch her, like, a week later, she probably speaks perfect English again. It's just, you know, when Batman, when Bruce Wayne throws the suit on, 
It's like, I am Batman. Same shit. Same thing. Mackenzie Dern's accent. I solved the, the problem. Um, Sam Alvey loses again. Whatever. Arnold Allen, Sadiq Youssef, good fight, but Allen pulls that one out. And then main event, Marvin Vittori versus Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland stepping in on three weeks notice, two weeks notice. Um, quick turnaround after losing and talking too much and looking stupid. A couple of weeks ago, he steps in against Marvin Vittori. Much the same. The man has no ground game. You can't talk yourself. Yeah, you can't talk yourself into a ground game or wrestling defense. He's exposed. It was cool and cute while it lasted it's it's one of those weird quarantine things that just popped up and people were like oh i like kevin holland yeah that's over now you remember that time that they were like oh i can't wait for kamayev and holland to fight yeah like, y'all, y'all really want that all right <laughs> he would have got worked look kevin holland knocked out jacare cool from his back was that impressive yes but the man can't stop a tape down to save his life and as soon as they booked this fight, I was like, oh, he's losing. Marvin Vittori's old game is wrestling. How are you going to – like, this is why I say, like, matchups are so interesting. Yes, you stepped in on short notice. You know, like, if Connor would have did that with a wrestler, they would have said, no, Connor, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't fight a wrestler. No. They didn't give a fuck about Kevin Holland. It was like, you want to do what? All right, cool. Save the card because you're just going to get ran over. And he couldn't do nothing. He was on his back. Derek Brunson did it to him. Now Marvin Vittori did it to him. Kevin Holland hype train is over. They need to just book him with strikers. Yep. That's it. And Vittori, listen, man, it's, I, I don't know when Adesanya comes back, but to me, just give him the winner of Whitaker Gaston, which we're about to talk about this coming week. And then you have a legit number one contender. Yeah. Pretty yeah, easy. I, you know, Vittori, I think Vittori's now earned that because, you know, he beats Kevin Holland. And he's, he's a guy who gave Adesanya hell because of his wrestling. Yep. So this makes perfect sense. But Kevin Holland, man, y'all wanted Kamaev Holland's fight? All right. Okay. Kamaev's <laughs> over there. COVID Kamaev is on the shelf, and Kevin Holland's now lost two in a row. How might be? That yeah. might be a good bounce back fight for Kamaev when he comes back from the Rona. Yeah, but I don't, Kevin Holland's clout is completely in the toilet at this point. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a win. I guarantee yeah. you that. Because Kamayev just looks at him like food now. He's like, I, I could just take you down. You're not going to do anything. Yep. You can't stop it. Oh, at all. There's no stopping that at all. And then we have a UFC fight night this weekend at the Apex. Whitaker versus Gastelum. Uh, let me go through the undercard. Nothing crazy there. So the main card on ESPN. Uh, Violet Bob Ross is on this. It's Alex Munoz. I just like Violet Bob Ross. Yeah. So I'm picking him to win. Uh, needs to win bad. He really does. Andre Orlovsky versus Chase Sherman. I don't know. It feels like Andre Orlovsky fights every six weeks now. Yo, they're, they're giving him fights until he loses so they can cut him and send him to Bellator. Oh, boy. Uh, he's fighting who again? Chase Sherman? Yeah, Chase Sherman. Chase Sherman's probably going to knock him out. Yeah, Orlovsky's 42. I know. If, if Sherman doesn't, Sherman should go. So, like... Sherman has oh, just one knockout win before then. He lost to Justin Willis, lost to um, Sakai by knockout. So Sherman is vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, he is. He doesn't have any really great wins. Um, this, yeah, this is the ultimate, is Arlovsky washed or not? I'm going to go with yes, and Arlovsky gets knocked out. All right. It's not going to the judges. 
And it then, might. It could be really ugly and go to the judges. Oh, very God. Heavyweight fights that go to judges is so ugly. The pits. <laughs> and then co-main Jeremy Stevens versus Jakar Close. Stevens is losing. But we get a dope walkout. Yeah. Some real motherfucking Gs. Yes. And, uh, Jakar Close, man. Like, he's come really close. Jeremy Stevens is <laughs> the, I guess, he's not a gatekeeper. He's more like a tastemaker. He's like a guy that, like, if you're for real, you have to beat Jeremy Stevens if you're top 10, right? He's not going to give you a title opportunity. But if you can beat him, you're a top 10 fighter. Yeah. If you can't, back to the drawing board. I'm going to pick your car close. But there is a possibility that Stevens hurts him in this fight because that's the one thing you don't want to do is stand in front of Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, I mean, close is the ultimate um, decision machine. That Exactly. Hasn't had one stoppage either way, loss or win in the UFC. So I'm counting on it going 15. And you give Jeremy Stevens 15 minutes, he can kind of get his shots in, you know? So it, it's one where he could lose just off of his inability to stop Stevens. But I'll give him the win here. Um, but Jeremy's tricky. It, it's, not, it's not easy fighting Jeremy Stevens. And then main event, Robert Whitaker versus Kelvin Gaslam. I really like the fight. I think Bobby Knuckles rolls, though. I Kelvin Gaslam, I... He had, you know, that underdog role. He just beat everyone. It looked great. Went up. And then he's just hasn't been able to find it. Three fight losing streak. Or no, just broke a three strike three fight losing streak this year. Before yeah. then lost to Hermanson, lost to Izzy, obviously in that amazing fight, lost to Darren Till. So yeah, I think Robert Whitaker is just he's great against everyone who's not Adesanya. <laughs> so Give me Whitaker. Yeah, I'm taking. You know, uh, Gaston beat Ian Heisnich, and that was a good win. But you got to be a special fighter to beat Bobby Knuckles. And you got to remember, like, when he fought Romero, Romero had a hard time taking him down. If you're going to yep. stand there and trade with him, he's probably going to hurt you. And Kevin Gaston's striking is not like Adesanya. So Whitaker can see a lot of those things coming. I think Whitaker could stop him, might go to the decision. But if, if Gaston can't find a way to get this fight on the canvas, he's done for. Yeah, give me Robert Whitaker by decision, but I, I think it's a handy decision. Four Could rounds be. to one. Like that's fair. I like five that. Oh, like I, I just think Bobby's better. So yeah, that's the UFC for this weekend. Great show. Great to be back. Great to be talking all combat sports again. Like I said later on, um, well, I guess to kick off next week, we'll be talking about WWE and the rest of pro wrestling. NXT has moved to Tuesdays. AW is riding solo on Wednesdays. It's been great numbers wise for both companies um, to start off that regime. So plenty to talk about all of the cuts that came along as well. So make sure you guys tune in next week. We appreciate you. Make sure you follow us on social media at corner podcast, underscore on all platforms or on Twitter at corner club for life on Instagram. You can follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms. Check out our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes, on adfreeshows.com. Stay safe. Stay runner-free. I'm now vaccinated. Two shots, baby. But still not acting like a weirdo. You still catch me walking around in my lucha mask, my Pentagon, Cero Miedo mask. So make sure you guys are doing the same. Keep everyone else safe. We appreciate you all. Till next time, we're out. Peace. On the